Welcome to 630 Naperville. I'm Paige Ronchetti. And I'm Nathan Ronchetti. We're so glad you could join us. We've got a fantastic lineup for you today. We'll chat with the bankruptcy expert, get the scoop on the hottest holiday happenings, and share some fresh and festive books for the kids. But first, I'm sitting down with a local doctor to learn how to manage and reduce your risk of diabetes. Millions of Americans are affected by diabetes, but often the early symptoms can be so subtle they go unnoticed. I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Susan Hudick, an endocrinologist from Edward Helmhurst Medical Group, who is here to share invaluable knowledge on how to identify these symptoms and provide preventative measures for diabetes. Thanks for joining us, Doctor. Thank you so much for having me. So let's kick things off and, and talk about how common the types of diabetes are. So prediabetes, type 1, yep, type 2, correct. can you walk us through? Yeah, absolutely. So you can think of type 2 diabetes as a spectrum, all the way from normal to type 2 diabetes, and prediabetes is right in the middle. That's the most common type of diabetes in the United States with about 1 in 3 people affected, or 38% of the population. Um, type 1 diabetes is a totally separate type of diabetes that comes out in gangbusters, so that one doesn't develop over years, and that's kind of the least common type of diabetes in the United States. So um, overall diabetes, we see in about 9% of the population in the U.S. Okay. Uh -huh. Excellent. And so if we're thinking about the differences of, of type 1 and, and type 2, Correct. what would be the breakdown on, on that? Yeah, so type 2 diabetes is something that develops slowly over time, over 10 years, um, and can be treated with medications, potentially with oral medications or with injectable medications, and does not always require insulin. So in type 2 diabetes, your pancreas still works, it just doesn't work at 100% anymore. In type 1 diabetes, which is very frequently an autoimmune disease diagnosed in children, can be diagnosed later in life, your pancreas has completely stopped working and has to be treated with insulin all the time. Excellent. And so yeah. then you're thinking about you know, symptoms of type 2, yeah. maybe coming on a little bit later. What could Correct. I be watching out for? Yeah. So actually, the symptoms of type 2 diabetes really don't develop until pretty late in the disease. So the most important thing I can say about prediabetes and type 2 diabetes is to get your yearly screening labs with your physical. Okay. Because almost always, if we catch it early, we catch it on, on yearly screening labs. Okay. Once you're symptomatic from type 2 diabetes, which means you're really thirsty, you have to urinate a lot, you have blurry vision maybe you're losing weight, that's pretty late actually in type 2 diabetes. So you can develop those symptoms, but really important to get that yearly physical to Excellent. look for it. Mm -hmm. So if I'm thinking about, you know, who might develop type 2 diabetes? Yeah, is there a absolutely. certain archetype or, or a certain type of person who does? Yeah, so um, type 2 diabetes we do see more frequently in people who are overweight or obese, so that is a risk factor to develop type 2 diabetes. Certainly high cholesterol and hypertension can also be risk factors mm. to, to develop type 2 diabetes, or more common in patients who have those diagnoses. Um, it also does tend to run in families, so mm. it's really important to think about genetics. Lots of times patients who have a mom or dad with type 2 diabetes will also be at high risk. So those are people we want to think about screening more frequently in. So while I'm having my, my annual checkup, think yeah. about that family history and bring that Absolutely. conversation as well. For sure. But you know, in those yearly labs, we almost always do a glucose if you are getting those yearly labs for your physical. So most patients should be screened for diabetes every year. Excellent. Yeah. So if I'm pre-diabetic or I'm, I'm kind of on that path, yeah. 
lifestyle changes? What can I do Absolutely. to Absolutely. So the most important things? thing we want you to do is first to cut down the carbohydrates. Okay, so those carbohydrates are the starches in the diet, the sugars, but it's not just sugar. You know, everybody thinks diabetes, oh, I can't eat cake and ice cream anymore, but that's true. But we also want you to think about the pasta, the bread, mm. um, pizza, all of those things, when we digest them, turn into blood sugar in our, in our bloodstream. Um, and then the most important thing I tell my patients is please, please don't drink the sugar. So mm. things like regular soda, juice, regular Gatorade, all of those things when you drink those sugary beverages um, leads right to blood sugar in the bloodstream. So is a diet option a better option, or what would be a, a change on yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I, certainly for people who are having problems with their blood sugar, you know, a diet option would be better, or, you know, water is always a great option. <laughs> yes. And then what about, sometimes you hear about drinking calories from the alcohol perspective. Is that yeah. a consideration as well? Um, so alcohol can be kind of tricky in diabetes, um, but yes, that does have sugar, and so that does play into that daily amount of carbohydrate, for sure. So when we get our annual lab results, you know, yeah. what are the doctors looking for when it comes to that, that blood sugar metric? Yeah, absolutely. So we can look for diabetes in one of two ways. So when we do a fasting glucose, which is usually a fast over six, after six hours, we're looking for your glucose to be less than 100. That's mm. perfectly normal. If you have a glucose number between 100 and 126, that's what we call pre-diabetes, okay. okay? And a glucose number 126 and above after fasting is considered type 2 diabetes or diabetes. Um, the other way we can look is we can do a number called a hemoglobin A1C number. Mm. This is a three-month average of your blood sugar. Essentially, we can calculate how much sugar is tied to your red blood cells. And in that number, perfectly normal would be less than 5.8. If you're seeing between 5.8 and 6.5, that'd be pre-diabetes again, 6.5 and above being diabetic. So those are those numbers you want to look at when you're looking for your labs in that yearly physical. Excellent. Yeah. In addition to lifestyle changes, yes. does exercise have an impact on your blood sugar or maybe how you're... Absolutely. So exercise can help lower your blood sugar, particularly cardiovascular exercise. So going for a walk every day is a great idea. Going for a run helps bring down the blood sugar, but you want to do something where you're kind of burning calories, mm. not just lifting weights, which is also great, um, but you really want to get that cardiovascular exercise for, to bring down the sugar. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, Doctor. You're welcome. Appreciate your insights. Of course. On the other side of the break, I'm sitting down with attorney James Bernicke to shed light on the intricacies of bankruptcy and find out what is fact and what is myth. Stay with us on 630 Naperville. You can't afford to miss this one. Oh, God. What? I thought it was subtle. He took his victims at night. They were never heard from again. We were there when true crime podcasts spiked your anxiety. Maybe try binging something less intense next time. We were there for that. And we're here for everything else. Here it's personal because we get to know you. winter edition of Legally Speaking, attorney James Bernicke is here to guide me through some bankruptcy myths and facts. 
Bankruptcy is a topic most people would prefer to avoid, and as a result, many misconceptions and falsehoods prevail. That's why it's crucial to consult a professional regarding your situation and learn more about the available options. So thanks for joining us today, James. This is a really important topic. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to jump into this bankruptcy myths and truths. Yes, okay, <laughs> let's begin. All right, so our first question is, someone can't file bankruptcy because everyone will find out. Ooh, I'm gonna say truth, because there has to be public record, right? It's a myth. It's not easily searchable. You would have to log into the bankruptcy court's database and really search for it. The only place it's really gonna show up is a public, um, like a credit report. Mm. So there's 50,000 people on average that have filed in Illinois over the past 15 years. So it's almost guaranteed that somebody you know has filed and you don't know about it. Okay, well that's honestly peace of mind. So yeah. what's question number two? Let's go. So question number two is, I make too much money to file a bankruptcy. I have a house or a car. I'm going to lose everything. Ooh, I'm going to say myth for this one. It is a myth. There's exemptions for houses, cars, furniture, electronics, uh, retirement, ret retirement accounts are um, exempt in full, and uh, income might just change the chapter that you need to file, a chapter 13 versus a 7, but it's not a bar to people filing for bankruptcy protection. Okay, that's a big relief, I'm sure. <laughs> it is for most people, which is why I'm glad they, they ask and don't just assume. Um, so the third one, truth or myth? I'm current on my bills, I'm not in collections, I'm not uh, being sued, I can't file a bankruptcy. I think that's true. That is false. Okay. Anyone can file a bankruptcy, whether your uh, wages are being garnished, whether you're in collections, you're being sued, or if you're just looking at your bills that are current and saying, I'm not gonna be able to you know, sustain this type of, uh, you know, financial debt. Um, and when filing bankruptcy, that stops all that, no matter where it's at in the process. So all collections will stop, all the bills stop, and people can get a, a move on a fresh start. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Okay, <laughs> let's do the next one, I'm right. curious. So the next one is, all my debt was from my business, or um, an ex, or tax debt, or student debt, so I can't file bankruptcy on that. Is that true? It's false. Okay. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, there's a lot of financial parameters to that, but it's not a definite no. People with those sort of debts should talk to someone because depending on their income, how old the debt is, what kind of debt it is, a surprising amount of it could be discharged. And it's important because some people think, well, none of my debt can be discharged. But if you could get in a situation where maybe 80% of it is discharged, that's still a win for most people. They can you know, work on that last 20% and get themselves uh, financially stable again. Excellent, and that's exactly why you talk to somebody and don't just Google. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the final one, mm -hmm. truth or myth. If you file for bankruptcy, it will ruin your credit forever. You'll never be able to buy a house. You'll never be able to buy a car. Oh, I know this one. That is a myth. <laughs> <laughs> that is a myth. That is a myth, yes. Um, most people don't have great credit to start when they file a bankruptcy or when they're looking into it, uh, but they find that after filing, their credit is better than it was pre-filing. Mm. I've helped people myself buy a house two years after they filed. I've helped people wow. start a business a year after they filed. So it's really... Um, for a lot of people, it's kind of a blip in the road. You had a, a bad run there, and you uh, took care of it. You filed for bankruptcy protection, and now you have a fresh start, and you, you move on with your life, and it's probably better than it was before. Okay, I have a truth or myth for you now. Okay. Okay, let's say that I am having some financial woes, and a debt consolidation company reaches out to me. Is it a good idea to 
work with them first? Um, probably not. Most of the time, those debt consolidation places are just going to hold money for you in order to try to do a short payoff of a loan you have, maybe to try to negotiate it for 50% or 70%, but they won't go to court for you. Mm -hmm. They won't actually stop anything that's going on. Um, we do have some clients who we can do that for as well, and then if it doesn't work out as a plan B, they can file for bankruptcy protection. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of times when you wanna just talk to an attorney who can have that full range of things that they can do for you. They can help mm -hmm. you maybe negotiate the debt. If that doesn't work, they can file bankruptcy and, and stop all the, the court actions and all the collection actions. Okay, so go straight to an attorney first. They, they just have more options available than mm -hmm. a death consolidation company would. Oh my gosh, this was so much more positive than I was expecting. Thank you so much, James, for being here and telling us these myths and the truths about bankruptcy. Always a pleasure. After the break, we'll be talking about Naperville's family-friendly holiday activities. Keep it parked here on 630 Naperville. Oh yeah, I'll take one of your specials, my man. There you go, princess. Mm. We were there when you explored questionable street meat. Maybe read the reviews next time? We were there for that. And we're here for everything else. Here it's personal because we get to know you. Stay in the know at home or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. With the holidays just around the corner, now is the perfect time to discover some of Naperville's most delightful, family-friendly activities and events. So get your warm cocoa ready and cozy up as we unwrap the season's magic. Joining us today is a very special guest, Carlos Medina. He's here from the Naperville Convention and Visitors Bureau. He's here to give us the inside scoop on some of this area's most sought-after family holiday activities. Welcome, Carlos. Thank you, Nate. I'm glad to be here. So let's get started. We're thinking about some family-friendly things to kick things off. So what's going to get us into the season spirit? Well, there's several things that uh, people can partake this year. Uh, the turkey trot being one of them. It's a 5K mile family fun for all. You can run or you can just be on the sidelines cheering people on. There's also the Parade of Lights, which is uh, the Rotary Club of Naperville is hosting the 2023 parade in partnership with the Downtown Naperville Alliance. Uh, the parade will travel through the heart of downtown Naperville on Friday, November 24th in an evening filled uh, with uh, brightly lit floats, local music performers, um, and Santa will appear. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, you mentioned some of my favorite people, yes. Santa Claus. Yes. So if I'm looking to catch up with the jolly old fellow and my family, where can I find him around town? Well, there's many places. Uh, one of them will be at the Naperville uh, Park District Santa's Workshop. Little ones and family members of all ages will enjoy a unique visit with Santa inside his magical workshop. Reservations are required and the line to visit with Santa will queue outdoors. So please be dressed for the weather. Most people don't and then they find themselves surprised at the last minute. I know, and I, I think too about getting the family together and, yes. and looking at some holiday lights. So yes. how can I best experience that? Um, definitely with that is there are so many beautiful highlights in the Naperville area. There's a trolley tours that you can use. There are so many beautiful holiday lights in Naperville that they offer three different tours. Uh, the northern tour covers homes of 75th Street, 
Um, the Southern Tour covers a home south of 75th Street, and there's a new one this year which are covering their Eastern Tour, which has homes on the east side of town blended with a few from the north and south sides. Uh, the trolleys are enclosed, heated, and they run no matter the weather. So that's actually, it's a great place to be. Snuggle up, get your cocoa, yes. and see yeah. the lights. Another one is Tuk Tuk uh, Holiday Tours, uh, which they start on November 24th, and they go until December 31st. The online booking system also has a waiting list for the days if you want to pick a particular time. Um, but they actually is the best way to see them, uh, especially the downtown uh, lights. Excellent. And so I always think about the arts and other performances yes. that go on. Yeah. We've got a very big arts culture here. Yeah. So what kind of performances can we expect for the holiday season? There's always a lot of performances and I'm glad you asked. Uh, the Nutcracker celebration this holiday season will be with the Naperville Nutcracker. It's set, you know, uh, set to the beloved score of Trasovsky, if I can ever pronounce that right, <laughs> <laughs> with its beautiful costumes, gorgeous sets, and impressive dancing. This production is guaranteed to fill the audience with cheer and delight. And there's also the Naperville Chorus with the Pete Ellen Big Band. Uh, the chorus has an ongoing association with North Central College in Naperville and draws 100 plus members from the greater Chicagoland area. The Naperville Chorus performs at Rudd's Concert Hall at the North Central College campus. All great ideas, thanks for sharing. And so if I'm thinking about, you know, it's holiday season, season of giving as well, if I'm able to give back, how can I do so at this time? Yes, there's a few options. Toys for Tots, uh, members of the Naperville Park District Police invite the community to contribute uh, new unwrapped toys for the 2023 DuPage County Toys for Tots programs, which is hosted by the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve. Uh, the toys will be collected at various Naperville Park District locations beginning uh, Friday, October 6th, through Saturday, December 16th. What a great way to think about celebrating the season. Thanks so much, Carlos. Naperville, like I said before, has got a lot of things to do during the holidays, and everyone should just go out and enjoy. And bring a blanket. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Up next, we're off to Anderson's Bookshop in downtown Naperville to hear owner Becky Anderson's picks for new kids' books sure to become holiday classics. Hi, I'm Becky Anderson. I'm the owner of Anderson's Bookshops, and I am here to talk about some of the great new holiday books for kids. Wonderful ones that I know will become classics in your home and with your family. We always talk about Twas the Night Before Christmas, The Polar Express, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but here's some new ones that I think you're gonna add to that collection. So well, let's get started. This one is We Disagree About This Tree. I love these books, simple text, but it's great because it's a bear and a mouse who are great friends. There were two other books before this, there's a bear in my chair and there's a mouse in my house. Well, this time they're gonna decorate a tree together. And if you've ever experienced this with your family, no one can agree about how to decorate the tree, where to put the ornaments, where to put the lights, how bright it should be, etc. But I think what it shows is that really it comes down to friendship and enjoying each other at the holidays. Great picture book. Now this one is my absolute favorite. This one will make you laugh. And this is the great um, partnership between Mac Barnett author and the illustrator John Clausen, who's a, an award-winning, they are award-winning duo. This is how does Santa go down the chimney? We always wonder about that. How does he do it? What if you don't have a chimney? What if your chimney's too small? How does Santa get in? And this has all the explanations. Very funny ones. Kids will laugh out loud. This will entertain adults as well. And you know what? Really at the end, we really don't know how Santa does it. It's a secret. And then Dasher. 
There was a book out last year called Dasher. This is Dasher Can't Wait for Christmas. What I love about this book is Dasher is a girl reindeer. And because of reindeer, all of them have horns, male and female. But this is Dasher who loves Christmas time and she decides to take a flight to check out all the lights and the music and everything in the state and she gets lost. She can't find the North Star, but a little boy helps her get back to Santa for Christmas Eve. Beautiful illustration. Mac Tavares is one of my favorite illustrators in the US today. And then we have a couple of great Hanukkah titles. This one is great for all ages, adults, kids, great for read aloud. There are eight stories for each night about Hanukkah. Wonderful poems and just fantastic stories that will have you glued to the edge of your seat. A fabulous collection. And then another great Hanukkah book is Eight Nights of Lights. And this one is so wonderful because when you open it up, it'll have the candles. The eight candles of Hanukkah for each night, but it also has the shamash, which you light for every one of those eight nights. And then you work this way and tell the stories for the eight nights of Hanukkah. I thought this one is so much fun. And each candle is a special little story. And then another favorite illustrator of mine, this is Lois Ehlert. She passed away about two years ago, but this is book has been published after her death. A fun, interactive Christmas book for the youngest, because it has lots of laps. So you see, I was a cold wintry night and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, except a small mouse. And so there's lift the flaps and everything, how she plays with her art. She creates the most wonderful art, creates her own papers in these types of books, but a fabulous one for those youngest readers. And then we all know this poem. This is a classic poem by one of the greatest American poets ever. It was Robert Frost, and it's stopping by the woods on a snowy evening. This book came out a couple years ago, but it's illustrations by P.J. Lynch, one of the most brilliant, stunning illustrators we have today. And it's just a beautiful poem. The poem is short, but it's all about wandering through the snow and the cold and listening to the stillness and the quiet of the woods. Just a beautiful one, just to talk about the winter season and that shortest day of the year. And then we have, don't let the pigeon drive the sleigh. You know, the pigeon has tried to drive everything, including the school bus. And, but the, he can't drive the bus, but now he's gonna see if he can drive the sleigh. And of course the pigeon always goes, Hey, don't let the pigeon drive the sleigh. Hey, I'm Santa, listen, I've got to, I've got to leave for a while. So he's, Santa's telling you, watch my sleigh for me. So guess who comes up? Ho, 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 and the pigeon loves the sleigh. And he says, happy holidays, festive feathers and peaceful plumage. I can drive the sleigh. Come on, where's your holiday spirit? So you have to say to the pigeon, no, you can't drive the sleigh. And so it's just a fun interactive book where you gotta tell the pigeon, I'm sorry, you can't drive the bus, the school bus, or even the sleigh, Santa's sleigh. And then the real surprise for this season, we've seen the, the movie, we've seen the short film that was made years ago after the book was published, but the Theodore Geisel estate has given permission for the author and illustrator to write a sequel which is so exciting. So this is How the Grinch Lost Christmas, and, and this book really works. So you can read How the Grinch Stole Christmas and then head right into How the Grinch Lost Christmas. And this is about a Christmas tree contest that's gonna happen on Christmas, Christmas Day. And up on the hill in the cave where the Grinch lives, he and his dog, they go out and they, they get a Christmas tree and it's huge. So he brings this huge tree thinking he's gonna win the contest, but it makes the Grinch realize that it's not about the big and the glorious, but it's about sharing the day with each other and having us all participate. So this one is destined to be a classic along with the original. And there are a lot of choices for this holiday. 
curl up by the fire, grab those kids, your whole family, and read these books together. Because don't be like the Grinch. You want to have a wonderful holiday and come in and pick up some of the new classics that will add to your collection for every holiday season. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us here on NCTV 17. And now you know. From, from 630, 630 Naperville. Naperville. I'm Nathan Ronchetti. And I'm Paige Ronchetti. See you next time.